Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dak Xavier Josiah, the host of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the podcast. You want to catch up with all of our podcast shows and hear from some of the hottest names in all of anime, comics, movies, and games, such as... This is Miley Flanagan, the voice of Naruto. This is Stephanie Shea, the voice of Sailor Moon. This is Ruben Langdon, the voice of Ken Masters and Dante from Devil May Cry. Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Ryu from Street Fighter V. This is Chris Battle, character designer of Teen Titans Go! Here's your chance to check out all of that and more on Talk Time Live. TalkTimeLive.com provides all of our ACMG content with new and previous episodes, exclusive interviews, articles, and much more. Visit TalkTimeLive.com and let us help you learn to let go, live life, and love all things ACMG. Talk Time Live! This is Miley Flanagan, the voice of Naruto, and you are listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. Believe it! It's time for your Talk Time Live exclusive. You are now about to witness the strength of geek knowledge. Ladies and gentlemen, I am happy to have our guest today. Uh, He is one of uh, the very special guests who took part in the cast of Naruto uh, this past summer and DreamCon. I can't believe the summer is almost over, by the way. (laughs) And he is the fan favorite voice of Rock Lee and is here to talk a little bit about his role in the Naruto series, as well as a heartfelt documentary that he had the like literally the honor and pleasure of working on. And uh, we're going to talk about that and much, much more. Folks, please welcome actor Brian Donovan to Talk Time Live exclusive. Brian, what's going on, man? Hey, what's up, guys? How are you? Uh, Dex, thank you so much for having me, man. It's a real thrill. And and I appreciate all your efforts on, uh, you know, keeping the anime world alive and kicking and uh, all the news you bring to the fans. Uh, yeah, so thanks for having me, everyone. And uh, I, appreciate, I appreciate you doing this. Awesome. Um, and for anybody that doesn't really know, I'm the... Voice of Rock Lee. <laughs> oh, look at that reflection. That was horrible. All right, I'm the voice of Rock Lee. Um, we could do a slow mo on it and just pretty much like the yeah, voice. Yeah, yeah, so. maybe, a three, maybe a 3D effect would have been better. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, the new Funko Pop just came out. Kind of crazy, man. Awesome. I uh, I never thought I'd have my own Funko Pop. That's you're you're immortalized. How does that feel? Yeah, I'm immortalized. <laughs> I'm not it's wacky, man. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to lie. It's... Uh, it's a wacky thing. And you know what's really cool is mm-hmm. I have a five and seven-year-old, uh, two boys. And, uh, you know, they up until very recently, I just showed them the Gara fight. Uh, I found it on YouTube. Oh, and, the original uh, season, the first season? Yeah, the first season and, you know, episode 48. And uh, and it, they kind of strung it together. So it's this, you know, almost like 40 minutes of the fight, you know, right. from the introduction and the one episode and then the full-blown and then kind of the – Right. Um, but, you know, they're five and seven. And so they hadn't seen any anime at that point. Right. And they were blown away. They were just like, whoa. And they couldn't, you know, they couldn't really, I think, comprehend. They looked um, at you like, this is what you do? Yeah, like, this is what you do, and then they're not even sure what this means, you know? Um, yeah, I'm the voice of that dude, and but then, the reason I, I mentioned my boys is then the Funko Pop came out, mm. and that blew their minds. They're like, what? And so now, you know, Daddy's a Funko Pop. Not that they really even know what a Funko Pop <laughs> is, but they they dig that I'm a little figurine, and, right. you know. But yeah, so that was a kick, and um, I recently signed a bunch, so I had... I had like 200 Funko Pops on our, our kitchen table. How and, uh, are they old enough to go to school to show off this? No, no, <laughs> none of that. I don't, I don't get that kind of love. <laughs> <laughs> that's next, that's next level. Gotcha. Well, fact, you know, you hear, you hear like mega stars talk about that all the time. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm fall, a small fry, but, but you know, you hear, you hear like big, huge stars talk about that and their kids don't care about what they do, man. I mean, it's so funny. I mean, maybe every <laughs> once in a while, like if they guest star on like a cartoon that they're watching, like, mm-hmm. you know, SpongeBob, I know a lot of, Famous people kind of went through the SpongeBob phase and tried to guest star on something like that in The Simpsons, and you know their kids are knee deep in that particular show or even Naruto, you know Naruto or an anime property. Um, you know I think that would blow their mind. We're like, yeah, well, guess what, Daddy's doing the. But my kids are just a little too young to <laughs> to really wrap their head around like what all this means, you know. Right. Uh, but yeah, but they dig the the figurine for sure. So with that said, I mean, let's be real, real quick. How are you doing, and how are your family doing during this crazy pandemic right now? Uh dude, that's why I love you, man. You're so soulful, and uh, and I appreciate you even asking that and your care. Uh yeah, man. You know, I think like everyone else, um, it's it's a it's a crazy world right now, and I think we're all trying to figure out, you know, what this this new this new world is for everyone, and and I think mostly we're all just trying to tread tread water and. And stay, you know, above the waterline. 
Um, and we're just getting deep. Or you diving? You know, you, when you're in a pool that deep water, and you could feel your, you know, immune system just breathing harder and harder as you yeah, go deep. That, uh, that's yeah, the way it feels like right now. Yeah, no, that's it. I mean, you know, I think, I mean, you know, it's well documented. People are having trouble sleeping. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot of mental health and emotional stuff that people are dealing with. Um, you know, and I consider myself, I mean, very, very fortunate given that. You know, my baseline is, is covered and I, you know, I'm still bringing in some dough. Right. Um, you know, I still, I have my family and, you know, so I think about my 83 year old mom who's alone. Um, you know, we've tried to, you know, bring her into the mix a little bit, but you know, there's a lot of people that are alone. Yeah. There's a lot of people that are dealing with some serious, um, mental health issues. There's yes. a lot of people that are facing, you know, spousal abuse and domestic violence. And then, you know, you feel like, oh my God. And then those, those people that have to be subjected to that, you know, in a very intense way for, three or four months, you know, yeah. it's passed, you know, and we're breaking out a little bit, but I mean, you know, not to get dark or deep, but I mean, you know, there's some real heavy stuff going on. And mm-hmm. so I think about, I think about those people a lot. Um, and, and, you know, full circle of my own life, it's like, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm very lucky, um, in that regard that, you know, I'm surrounded by a loving family and you know, I have my two boys, um, mm-hmm. we have a roof over our head, we got, you know, food on the table. Yeah. Um, you know, the work went away. I mean, I, you know, no, no doubt. I mean, like most of us, you know, a lot of us got, you know, hit considerably financially and, 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 you know, actors and artists were no different. In fact, some of us got hit harder than most because, you know, we couldn't, there was no production. Um, you know, the other part of what I do is cons and conventions. And then I also travel for my documentary and I'm on my speaking tour and that, I mean, it literally evaporated, you know, like, like I, I remember, I remember the phone calls and the emails coming in, like it was just like rapid fire, mm-hmm. um, in late March after things kind of shut down and all of a sudden all the emails and the phone calls started coming in saying, <laughs> Hey, you know, hate to say it, but we're, we're, we're canceling, we're canceling, right. you know, first it was like the spring stuff and then it dipped into summer and now, you know, and then I was just slowly stuff. deteriorated. Wow. I mean, I, yeah. we yeah. all like I, I was saying the same thing to people. I'm like, this was the month that I was supposed to be doing some things for uh, like repop and such uh, in our city here in Philadelphia. And it's like yeah. that just went out the door. And if, if it wasn't for Molly, you know, uh, you know, asking me Molly and Lisa asking me to host the panel, I probably wouldn't be doing no panels this year at all. Yeah. So yeah. doing that was just awesome. It was just like it was a great filler for everything that I was going to do this summer. And I actually am happy. And that's why I'm actually happy that you're here because after upon meeting you the first time during the Naruto panel, I just, you just had this really cool laid back, humble, appreciative vibe that I was like, I want to dig into. And it just, you just, you could feel that aura around you during the whole entire time. And I, I, I don't know if you noticed, but like there was a, you know, most of the attendees of that panel were, my people were you know black african-american and they just loved you guys and how you guys treated the entire situation it was so appreciative i it was one of the best moments i had this summer and i couldn't thank all of you enough for what you guys have done because you made a lot of kids happy especially with everything that's been going on this entire this entire thing since this pandemic and, and the black lives matter movement happened and everything so it was just that moment that I was looking at everybody and seeing how happy they were to see their favorite, you know, voices and actors play that, you know, who play their favorite characters and you guys did your thing the entire time. So on that note, thank you. <laughs> well, no, man, I mean, right back at you um, for making it happen and, and coordinating with Miley and, and, and Lisa and um, no, you could feel there was a vibe, you know, and it was nice. I mean, in some ways it was, it was a little disappointing that it was so intimate that yeah. we couldn't share it with more fans and, right. you know, you know, the thousands that probably wanted to partake in, in the biggest Naruto panel ever, right? Right. Um, but on the flip side of that and the beautiful side of that was it, because it was so intimate, um, there was that real sense and there was that real intimacy and and, um, and things were shared that might not have been shared. Well, not uh, to mention you guys got to see each other for the first time in quite a while and got to talk and everything. Yeah. There was, we got this. It was like we were looking inside a, a glass house <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah right, right, right. well and for me too i mean you know it was my first naruto panel mm-hmm. um you know and i don't know if you, you remember me saying that but yeah i mean oh, I, I remember everything i watched it like before. multiple times <laughs> yeah you know, i mean i just well, and, and, and for your fans and, and your audience you know i i i am new to this whole thing i mean mm-hmm. the, the con um not anime obviously i've been doing anime for 20 years right. but um but no, I mean, I hadn't really partook in the cons. Um, I had never been on a panel before with the Naruto cast. And, and so, yeah, it was a real treat for me, too. And the fact that it was the biggest one, mm-hmm. I think, you know, in a funny sort of way, um, 
as we both recognize, because of this new world we live in and technology, it allowed for the biggest panel ever, right? You know, yeah. because no con can afford to. To, to bring, you know, 12 cast members from Naruto and, and it just wouldn't happen. I mean, it's not, you know, it's not really going to, it doesn't happen that way economically and otherwise. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, the, this technology allowed us to be able to do something like that, which was super cool. And the fans were awesome. And um, yeah, I mean, it was, it was just a really special moment in time. And, and like you, I mean, it was just a, it was a nice treat for the, the summer in these last few months. Um, and to your point, um, given all of the, um, the vibe of the world we live in. I mean, not only the pandemic, but as you say, the Black Lives Matter movement and, yeah. and all the rest. I mean, there was um, there was there was a weight to uh, what's happening in the world right now. Yeah. But with that weight, uh, creates moments like that where where because of that the the, the seriousness of the situation, because of um, the vulnerabilities of people, um, it created you know uh, yeah it just had more weight to the the, the panel than I think yeah. you know you might have seen at a con where life you know carried on you know um, accordingly. We were within this this virtual this uh, fictitious bubble yeah. <laughs> outside of everything else that was going on. When we were at a con. <laughs> yeah, 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 and um, yeah, and those things influence those things obviously, right? Yeah. I mean, they, the the things that are happening in the world influence that that moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, yeah, it was, but yeah, it was a treat, man. It was really great. And you, as I told you, you were dynamite. Um, so I'm thrilled to be here, as I said, and, and, uh, and I appreciate, you know, your care, man. And I appreciate, you know, um, I appreciate that you bring, uh, the context of one's life, um, to anime, you know, mm-hmm. because I mean, as we know, um, it's not just anime. Um, you know, as we know from the fans, yeah. it's not just watching this this show. It's the the fact that the characters, Rock Lee and otherwise, like meant so much to. There's um, a lot of depth as opposed to a Tom and Jerry cartoon where it's just like simplicity. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You know, and those you know those probably had their place in time and 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 and, uh, and created a levity to someone's life mm-hmm. that they really needed at that time. And right. you know, they all have their place, I suppose. But what's nice is. You realize it's so much more than the show. You know, it's it's the fact that a character um, really speaks to a yeah. kid, or especially with anime, like I have found personally, you know, from the fans that have reached out and the ones I've had intimate contact with, um, that you know that, that again, and it's not just Rock Lee um, or Naruto for that matter. It's mm-hmm. just the fact that you know a lot of kids um, during the years, the formative years, where they're, where they're trying to figure themselves out, yeah. come to these properties, anime and. And then they can relate on a level that, you know, very seriously gets them through bullying, gets them through um, difficult times, gets them through, um, you know, just mental health stuff that we kind of referred to earlier. And that is what's so gratifying to me um, as an artist, certainly, because I mean, that's always the hope, no matter what you do as an artist, that that you're touching lives in that way, that you're kind of, you know, giving people a boost when they need it most. And there's only a few anime that I've ever watched in my life that actually captures that type of feel. And yeah. Naruto is definitely one of them. Yeah, yeah. So we definitely are going to talk all, a lot of things Rock Lee, definitely. But I want to just go straight to it. I want to talk about the heartwarming documentary that you got to put together called Kelly's Hollywood, which, if I'm correct, is about your sister's journey. Can you yeah. talk about a little, you know, let our fans know about that and why they need to see this? Yeah, I appreciate that, man. I really do, because uh, that was a labor of love, to say the least. Um I, I did. I made a. I, it's one of the reasons I, I haven't been on the con circuit, frankly, because yeah. I worked on this documentary for so many years, um, and I was really, you know, focused on that. Um, but yeah, I made a documentary called Kelly's Hollywood uh, about my little sister Kelly, who was born in 1969 uh, with Down syndrome, and it's a chromosomal um, uh, condition where you you replicate the the 21st uh, gene. So. Um, so, so it's, it's, it's something, it's very different. Like all of us, right. We're all so different, you know, you, you can't, you know, you can't pigeonhole or categorize right. all of us. And it's the same thing with disabilities as most people know, um, especially down syndrome. So there's varying degrees of, of, um, how that affects one with down syndrome. But my sister, to give the audience an example, my sister academically was probably a seven or eight year old. Um, yeah. she couldn't really read, she couldn't really do math and stuff like that. But socially, she was a savant, you know, which mm-hmm. is a fancy word for saying, like, she had skills, right? right. <laughs> and, um, you know, she, uh, so, you know, there was there was things that she was, you know, differently able to in, um, maybe some would say lacking, um, mm-hmm. but, 
but she was a she was a spark. She was a she was a diva through and through, and she. Um, I can definitely see that watching that trailer. <laughs> yeah, oh man! I mean, you know, the trailer just tipped, tipped the iceberg, right? And I think you you said you're going to try to weave the trailer into this interview, but yeah, but yeah, it's um, it you know, I, I looked at my sister and I used to bring her out to Hollywood every year. She, we're originally from Buffalo, New York, mm-hmm. um, but I would bring her out every year for two months and uh, just to be with her big brother in Hollywood. She had her own aspirations about being a diva and a star and. But it was the best two months of my year, every year. Um, and we were soulmates from a very young age. We loved cheering each other on. We were both performers. So we, you know, we loved the accolades and the attention we gave each other. And, right. um, but she was my soulmate. And so when I moved to California in Hollywood, I, you know, I missed her, obviously. And so I said, I'm going to bring her out for two months. So I started Christmas, pick her up, and then bring her out here. And so the documentary really represents a lot of our time here. It's called Kelly's Hollywood for that reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and really our dreams and aspirations to get her on stage and, um, and let her perform. Uh, and so that, that is kind of the crescendo of the film. And then, of course, the B story is how my, my love for my sister affected my other relationships with women, mm. um, and including my wife now. Uh, you know, because you know, here I had this number one person in my life, my sister, and then all of a sudden you know, I would be dating, and, and that would always come up. Well, is there room for me you know, in right. this equation? You know? and, and, you know, and a lot of them would vie for number one. And it wasn't necessarily – the the conflict they had with my sister it was the conflict they had with me which is like trying hey, to I need, more. I need more yeah yeah you know I need more and so anyway so that's kind of the trajectory of the the film is is Kelly and I realizing this dream of her becoming a Hollywood diva mm-hmm. and then the beeline is like you know how I how I navigated that um, that conflict and that that obstacle with you know okay how do I have a mature romantic um, sustainable relationship. Uh, with uh, with another woman, you yeah. know, uh, so that's kind of like that. Um, <laughs> but but it's it's awesome, you know. I mean, I worked on it for many years. Um, it was a huge challenge on uh, challenge on every front. Um, mostly, I, I didn't know how to edit, so I had to learn how to edit. Um, I didn't know any of the producerial rights and clearance stuff, so I had to figure all that out. Um, you know, and I and I see all the time. I was like, it is it is long form is is brutal you know i mean i love seeing these, these 60 second tiktoks and this you know <laughs> these 90 second you know things because uh you know they're great they're like bam you know i'm gonna dance against my wall and do funny faces mm-hmm. but long form you know it's it's just it's a beast man and you gotta oh, just yeah. you gotta get clearances and you know any kind of pop culture stuff you gotta you gotta get the rights you gotta yeah. spend money you gotta you know if you want any needle drops and placement from the Bee Gees, which is also in the film um, you know, they, uh, they come, they come at a price and you got to oh, yeah. chase it down. So yeah, I mean, it was, it was a monster, but, um, but I'm thrilled I finished it. Uh, it's been super rewarding. Um, you know, it was a slow burn, but once I got on Showtime Networks, um, I had contracted and licensed, uh, to them for two years that, that nice. you know, gave it a real cachet and, um, and a legitimacy as a documentary. And now it's on Amazon and Amazon prime, um, nice. and accessible, which is super great. Absolutely. That's awesome. <laughs> Cause it, I, I, I was hoping as you were saying that, and I, I'm looking forward to checking this out thoroughly. I, yeah. just, even if you watch the trailer, it just shows so much heart in this. And it really shows how much of a caring person you are. And this is all the vibe that I had before I even knew that, uh, you had this documentary in the works and this is how you felt about your sister. Like, this is the vibe I got from you. It was like, yeah, this dude's pretty cool. He's pretty laid back. I'm, I definitely want to talk to him thoroughly on this. Well, you know, it's, it's been a nice, uh, you know, uh, it's been a nice tie in to be honest with you. I mean, and I'm glad, you know, not only, you know, because it helps me promote the film and I appreciate that, mm-hmm. um, from you as an interviewee, uh, interviewer, but, um, but, but what's been really nice for me is the synergy that I have found with my character, like Rock Lee, mm-hmm. the synergy um, with my sister um, and all that these 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 um, attributes and these traits that they both represent. Um, and namely, you know, perseverance, believing in yourself, mm-hmm. um, working hard to achieve it. But mostly, you know, and what I love to talk about at, at cons, the few that I've done and, and, yeah. and in interviews, frankly, is that you – Everyone's here for a reason, you know, and everyone has a special place in this world. Now, that doesn't mean that everyone's going to be famous or they're going to have, you know, they're going to rock the red carpet. And and that's a lot of nonsense and white noise anyway. Mm -hmm. But we're all here for a reason. This ripple that we create in the world, this 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 vibration, if you will, um, is is 
powerful. And, and, and I like to remind people that we all have the power to do that. We all, and, and a lot of times we don't even know where our ripple and our vibration is going and who we're affecting and, and the lives we're changing, but we always are. Yeah. And the intention that you put behind your, your energy and the things that you do um, is paramount to who you are. Um, and so I just try to remind people that, look, believe in yourself, man. And if you need to find a cheerleader, you need me to pat you on the back or clap my hands or lift you up, <laughs> That's that's my that's why I'm here. Um, and so I like that about Rock Lee that he's he's bolstered a lot of people up. I like that about my sister that she's exemplified, personified. Um, you know that belief in herself and that 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 going after her dreams. I yeah. mean, um, believing in her dreams um, and just you know finding cheerleaders because we all need them. I mean, yeah, life, we do. Yeah, you know, I mean, life is life is hard. It's uh, and it knocks you around. I mean, even the toughest and the grittiest of us. You know, get 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 tossed and 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 you know, and you you start to self doubt and you start yeah. to go, man, what am I doing? Or my dreams are getting crushed. Or I don't even know where to start with my dream. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, my film, which is why I'm so proud of the film, and it's also easy to recommend, is it does. It's 82 minutes of of almost like this cheerleading. You know, of like, wow, I mean, this is a a real story about someone um, that really believed in themselves, and because of that, um, was able to attract this energy that helped her achieve her dreams um right. you know and i think that's the key you know it's 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 if it, you got to believe in them um and that will attract people to help you uh right. you know and you got to believe that you're that person already you got to believe that you're you know um and and that's not an easy thing to do um but it is possible and that starts that vibration that i'm talking about and that starts attracting you know these opportunities um it starts attracting these cheerleaders especially if you're young i mean i love to talk to young people because i'm like you are at an age that people will want to help you if they find that you want to help yourself that is um, that is absolutely true i can definitely attest to that um from my own experiences as well if you really want something you're going to seek it some and it will come it's not a, it's more of like you will seek it as more than it is you'll it'll come to you because it never really comes to you you just have to really search out for it and at a time sometime along the way sometimes it does just walk right next to you or sometimes you just find a destination you and you go to that destination to find it but it's always there if you need it it's just sometimes it th some things and sometimes may be harder than others yeah, well, on that and going back to Rock Lee, I mean, that, I mean, look, I'm not going to lie. I mean, dreams, especially dreams and goals, I mean, they take grit, man. I mean, anyone will tell you that's ever achieved a dream that it takes grit. It takes so much hard work. And that is really, I mean, look, if we, if we you know, if we were to like, okay, what's Rock Lee represent? You know, it's like, right. it's hard work. I mean, you know, you saw it in almost every episode, you yeah. know, it's like, he didn't have these natural talents. He didn't have this leg up. He didn't have, you know, superpowers or whatever. He just worked hard. His technique was will. His yeah. power was will. <laughs> yeah, it was will. And that, you know, my friends is, <laughs> is really the only thing that will help you um, ultimately achieve your dream is you, right. you got to have you got to persevere. You got to have hard work. And, you know, like Rock Lee, you know, I'm not going to do a thousand pushups. I'm going to do 2000, you know, um, and that, you know, I can't sugarcoat it. I can't wave a wand and say, poof, your dreams come true. It doesn't work that way. You know, um, when my documentary was finished, I got on Showtime finally. Um, that was a 10 year process, man. You know, when I had someone said it's going to take you 10 years, I would have even started i don't know maybe maybe not but it was 10 years it was hurdle after hurdle after hurdle and someone said oh you did it man you did look the, the independent documentary it's on showtime like you did it you should write a book and i said man the book would be the book would be <laughs> one sentence work your ass off work your ass off work your ass off and it would just be you know page after page because really at the end of the day it's like you gotta you gotta do the work you, you, the work. you are speaking the gospel on this show right now because <laughs> I have so many times when like people like you and uh, Stephanie Shea who's been on the show before and uh, like other people who've been on the show and kept it real like just because I've been preaching this gospel as any as far as the I can see on social media or whoever I know because I had to go through this myself I would not be here talking to you right now had not <laughs> been all the work and I tell people like this is a lot of fun but I have a, I have a slogan or, or a, a statement or or uh, motto is that you got to work hard to have fun. Yeah, that's like, it. Everything that you see that's going on right now, it's all from the sake of really working hard, but you have fun doing it and you understand it. So it's not really that it doesn't come off like work after a while. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah, and look, I mean, there's always there's always an element of work, and there's always an element of, of things that you know you don't enjoy about something. You know, like I hate paperwork, I hate the administrative side mm-hmm. of things. You know, I have a nonprofit, I love being in the classroom with you know young um, high school you know kids. I hate I, doing it, paying taxes. Yeah, I hate, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's always something. You know, but there's a great saying, or there's a couple of great sayings, but you know, one of them is, you know, if you look at your dream. And then you you somehow visualize the worst part of it, you know, like what's going to be the hardest thing? And you still got that dream? Then that's a dream worth pursuing, you know? But if that hardest part is like so – and it will be overwhelming, you know? Yeah. But but if you can but – it, but if it keeps, you know – like in my documentary is a great example. It's like that little voice, you know, that little voice that's, that's – Almost indescribable. We all know what I'm talking about. That little mm-hmm. gut, the little voice, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, kept talking to me. Kept talking to me. And even the hardest parts, I was like, okay, kids, that voice is still there, man. It's still chirping <laughs> in my ear. So I gotta, I gotta, I gotta plow forward. And Denzel Washington has that great saying. He told his kids the whole, his whole, they're all their upbringing. He said, you know, you got to do the things you got to do to do the things you want to do. Boom. And and that's awesome, right? I mean, that really that sums it up. It's yeah. um. Yeah, I mean, there's things you got to do. Um, and that's why I tell kids in school that are struggling, I'm like, look, just get through it. You know, just get through school. Do whatever you got to do to get through school um, because because that will set up the foundations to be able to do what you want to do. You know, um, work hard now to be able to do the things you want to do that you enjoy. That's to your point because it does eventually get to the point where now you can just celebrate it. You know, like this yeah. with the documentary or Rock Lee and my, strugg- you know, my struggles as an actor and getting where I am. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, all these things are fun now. Like, you know, now I just get to go around the country and I get to celebrate Rock Lee and anime. I get to celebrate my sister and the documentary. Mm-hmm. Um, but they came with years of toil. You know, and a lot of people don't see that. You know, they see the red carpet or, you know, and I'm talking about big stars and stuff, yeah. but, you know, dreams coming true. They you see, see all- A, you see, you see C. There's B that's just singing right there, and like nobody talks about what happens. During nobody B. talks about B. <laughs> nobody talks about. It B. is a B to go through, but once you get through it, yeah. and it's like, all right, bet. <laughs> yeah. Or even better is there's an A. People see the Z, and they forget about B, C, D, E, F, G. Every F, single F. step. Every single yeah. step. Yeah. Even when you got to figure out that elemental P means L. No P. Yeah. So. I got a question. Let's get down to the Rock Lee business. How did you discover the role of Rock Lee? Who, was it approached to you? Was it, you know, did you see it? How did this come by? Yeah, um, Rock Lee came to me because I had the fortune of working on, on Digimon. Um, mm-hmm. And I was Davis on Digimon. And so I was the second season. Tide passed me the goggles, you know, and mm-hmm. the baton, if you will. And um, so Digimon was already hit. Um, I knew that. Um, I got fortunate, you know, I was fortunate to get cast as Davis. Um, and so that was awesome. Was that same team, essentially that same team started working on Naruto and prepping for Naruto. And, um, when Digimon was done, uh, you know, a couple years later, they approached me and said, Hey, are you interested in, in still doing anime? Are you interested in, you know, we have this thing. We're not really sure where it's going to go. We do have a character we, you know, that we have in mind for you. Would you want to audition, et cetera? And so I said, yeah, you know, I'll audition, check it out. But when I got to the studio, um, they, you know, they kind of coughed up that they weren't, they, they were struggling with Rock Lee, uh, mm-hmm. that they, they weren't really sure what to do with him. Um, you know, he had this emotional, as we know from the show and any of the fans know, you know, he's got this emotional sweeping side, mm-hmm. but he's also got this very proper side. You know, there's no contractions the way he speaks. And by contractions, I mean, for your audience that might not know, like in, instead of, you know, saying couldn't, he would say could not. Or wouldn't, would not, <laughs> cannot, you know, I am instead of I'm. But no, I mean, no one talks like that anymore. You yeah. know? So, Except for you now, because you've done it so much that you probably <laughs> approached it to your wife and family. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I am not your father. No, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, but no one talks like that. So it was hard. And I don't talk like that. I mean, I got, you know, California slang and, and, and relaxed vibe, as you, as you mentioned in the very beginning of That's the what it is. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, I don't talk like that either. And, and so I, you know, I was like, wow, okay, all right, I, I, let's figure this out together. So in the studio with Mary Elizabeth and some of the producers and the people that, you know, and there initially, they don't stay for the run of, you know, the 800 episodes. But, you know, initially it's a, it's a big com- decision by committee. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so Mary and Elizabeth and I found it together. Uh, you know, to be frank, I mean, we just we just kind of played around the studio and we experimented with different things. Um, Can we you know, not say the infamous Mary Elizabeth? Because 
<laughs> that was the that was the one thing that was talked about through the entire panel was how much how instrumental she was to everybody. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, she, yeah, she is the infamous Mary Elizabeth. She's um, <laughs> she's a, she's an awesome director, and um, you know, and she really helped me a lot with Rock Lee because you know Davis Davis from Digimon came really kind of easy to me. Uh, mm. I was just like, okay, I get it. He's excitable. He's He's uh, determined, he, you know, he's, he's 12. And I was just like, you know, did you armor energy? You know, I was just like, boom. <laughs> and I, I, kind of, I just kind of, that was it. You know, I just right. kind of, it was very organic. It was very quick. It was like, okay, great. I got cast pretty quick from mm. memory. Um, and uh, yeah, it was, it was awesome. Rockley, not so much. And Mary Elizabeth, um, which is why she got so many accolades on that panel that we did. Uh, you know, she, she's the real deal. She's awesome. And she loves it. Like she loves anime. She loves she loves voice, you know, she comes from a singer's past. So, um, you know, so there's a real uh, passion that she brings to the table uh, and that really helps. Um, yeah. And yeah, so we found it together. Then it went to Japan to get their approval or not. And they, I think they had a couple notes from memory. And then we, you know, fine tuned a few things. And then, of course, and I think you heard some of the actors talk about it taking a couple episodes, you know, sometimes a few. Um, <laughs> really get in the zone, if you right. will. You know, uh, you know, I'm sure if I listen back to the first episode or two or three or four, you know, Rock Lee, maybe subtleties, but, you know, he probably didn't sound like the Rock Lee that I, I, I sunk my teeth into, mm -hmm. uh, you know, eventually after a few episodes. Um, but yeah, but he was great. I mean, you know, and then once we established who he is and the, and the, the, the baseline voice, um, that's when we just started playing, you know, and that's, yeah. uh, and you know, he's, he's awesome in the, in the, in the sense that, you know, he does have this, this, this sweeping emotional bank, you know, um, and those are the most fun. Like, I don't, I still don't love, you know, not talking, you know, like I am, I cannot, you know, I will not. Um, <laughs> that's still, I mean, 12 years later, it still doesn't come to me organically. Mm -hmm. uh, but the other stuff is, is a blast, you know, especially when he's just, you know, with Guy and emoting all these emotions and like, Guy, sensei. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just, you know, those are awesome. I mean, they're, you know, they're just, they're so like, so emotional and right. so, um, you know, overly dramatic, you know, they remind me of like, you know, just soap operas, you know. I mean, it's just it is. It's it's a soap opera, right? And, uh, right. No, it, it absolutely <laughs> in that sense. It, and I, I used to claim never one, never uh, watching any soap operas until like Matt Cross and Robotech came out, and then Naruto <laughs> comes out, and I'm looking at him like, damn it, I've been trapped. <laughs> I got tricked right in because I used to say I used to, the, the the conversations I used to have in regards to talking about why uh, uh, anime was so valuable is because of how sophisticated the continuity is and I, I and I used to say like I will rate this to Grey's Anatomy which plays prime time and I thought the minute I thought about them like they done trapped me <laughs> <laughs> no it's true man i mean it you know really at the end of the day it's a soap opera and, and a damn good one and a yeah. very fun one but um but yeah it's a soap opera i mean you know let's be honest it's, yeah, absolutely uh, and the sweeping dramatic and emotional and i mean it's uh it's a kick um but uh yeah anyway so I want to touch on back at the panel because there was something very interesting that you spoke about and that was something about you being reluctant about playing Rock Lee uh, because of the storyline of him and Guy. Can you elaborate on that just a little bit further? Yeah, man. I mean, yeah. Thanks for paying so much attention. <laughs> I thought it was one of the most um, interesting things. So I was like, really? I didn't ever think about it like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, basically what I said at the panel, just to kind of fill your, your, your audience in, um, you know, when I, Mary Elizabeth, who I refer to, the director, um, you know, the first audition stuff. So I can't really remember, I'm trying to think if, if they were auditioning me with, with the actual content of the first episode. I guess they were, maybe a, maybe a, a mixed uh, a mixed tape, if you will, <laughs> some of the first couple episodes, you know, right. to, get to, to you know, show me the visuals and get me, you know, in the groove. Right. Um, but, you know, I found, uh, initially, I found the guy Sensei Rock Lee uh, relationship you know, kind of abusive. Um, and I wasn't comfortable with, um, you know, how, for lack of a better word, abusive guy sensei was mm -hmm. and that kind of codependent relationship that they had. Mm -hmm. Um, I thought it was really unhealthy and I thought it was, um, a little troubling. Mm -hmm. Um, and I didn't, you know, I don't really, I'm not comfortable with that kind of 
um, parental, you know, uh, child. Right, right. The, the, their vibe. I wasn't, you know, I just wasn't comfortable with that, you know. Um, you know, mind you, I, I do have a martial arts past, a small one, but, you know, I get the, the sensei, you know, thing, and I get the discipline and all that. But I just thought it was a little heavy-handed on the abuse. You thought and, that he was fighting to the kumite. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, man. Um, yeah, so so Mary and Elizabeth, uh, you know, we talked about it, and after the first episode, um, you know, I said, look, I, I don't know if I can sign on for this. You know, I don't know if if my who I am as a person can subscribe or endorse, you know, that kind of relationship, and, and it's a responsibility, you know, as an artist, you know, you got to look. And of course, I didn't have the. You know, I didn't have the 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 privy of, of knowing the trajectory of the the story at that point, and yeah. how many episodes it was going to be, or where that relationship went. Um, and that's kind of where you rely on Mary Elizabeth, who had more insight on the long, you know, the long term mm-hmm. relationship. Had gone episodes, episodes, and episodes. So at ahead. this point, when you when this was approaching, you figured out the narrative and everything. Did you actually see the actual episode, or was you reading off of a script? Of the ADR yes, script or whatever? Not, yeah, no. So when, so I think, so this this whole thing that you're talking about, this conversation I had with Mary Elizabeth and not being comfortable with the relationship with Guy, in recollection now, it wasn't during the audition process because I didn't have that, you know, it, that wasn't the scene I auditioned with. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was the first episode. It was our first session. And I think we were knocking out two episodes. Mm-hmm. And so I saw, you know, um, a really, really early on, like this relationship with Guy. Yeah. And it was jarring. I mean, for lack of a better <laughs> word, I was just, it was jarring. And I was like, Mary Elizabeth, I don't know... Like, I'm not comfortable with this, how Guy is treating Rock Lee and this, you know, all that stuff that I referred to. And and she, you know, she was really sweet and listened and, and was empathetic. Um, but then also um, encouraged me to continue because she said, look, I've read enough in advance um, to to know that, you know, there's there's reason. There's um, not necessarily justification, but there's, you know, that, that, that it, 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 it evens out a little bit, you know, right. and there's 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 there's. Um, it's a healthier relationship as it progresses. It's um, a mutual respect, um, and guy comes from it from love. And but of course, those are these things, these trigger words. That's the that's that fine line, right? Because even in abusive relationships, you hear, "Well, it's because I loved you so much." I, you know, yeah. I mean, so you know, and so yeah, it was it was really really difficult for me to just go, "Yo, I'm in. Let's do it." You know, and. Uh, so I, I had trouble with it, but Mary Elizabeth encouraged me, um, and so I credit her to that because I mean, honestly, I was ready to walk away after that first wow. session. I was like, you know, I don't know if I need to do this as an artist. I don't know. If, I don't know if I need to do this as a human being. Yeah. And the reason I thanked her so much and so profusely on our our, our panel um, a couple months ago was that uh, that I feel like um, without getting too deep, but, but I feel like. Um, that a she was right, and I'm glad she encouraged me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there was always there was still some troubling stuff that would come up, or ways the guy would treat you know Rock Lee. Um, but I think, and again, this is this is a fine line too. But I think the ends justify the means in the sense that um, what Rock Lee represented, like is the thing that I can sign on to as an artist, and the thing that I'm proud of as an artist with Rock Lee and doing the voice of Rock Lee is that <clears throat> that he um, that he did exemplify all these other traits and that he yeah. did lift up a lot of the audience and the fans um in ways that i'm very proud of you know in ways that i think um you know that helped a lot of people right. um, and again you know you know the the guy sensei relationship and that codependency wasn't always the healthiest yeah. <laughs> um i would be the very first to uh acknowledge that and agree <laughs> with that that's what was so troubling for me but um, but I think as a whole and, and as, uh, you know, the arc of these, you know, 800 episodes that we did, obviously Rockley wasn't in all of them, but, um, but, you know, I think, yeah, there was, there's a real message there that I think is, is, is helpful and healthy ultimately, right. um, and inspiring, you know? So when you're an actor playing a, uh, you know, what many consider is a role of a superhero with a high moral standard, as we've been talking about. Do you feel a sense of ethics and responsibility outside of the recording booth and in public? You know, I, yeah, I mean, I'm not swamped. I mean, you know, I'm not going to I'm not going to, you know, I'm not I'm not a celebrity that gets mauled at malls, you know, and, mm-hmm. and you know, because it's especially because most of the stuff I've done is voice. And so most people don't even know who I am. Right. But um, but yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, I think for me personally, um, you know, I, 
and it's wildly right out of the gate is, you know, I think artistically I try to do stuff that I'm proud of, mm-hmm. um, that I think, um, has a good message. Now, mind you, you know, I got some stuff on my resume that isn't that, you know, um, that I was just trying to gain uh, experience. I was trying to get a job. I was right. trying to pay my bills. Um, you know, I mean, I don't, there's nothing I'm not, you know, that I'm embarrassed about necessarily. There's right. nothing that I can't say, oh God, you know, don't watch him at 1 a.m., you know. I mean, I didn't go that far. But, um, but yeah, I mean, you know, there's stuff that that aren't, you know, that doesn't have this 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 purity or this pure moral um, message. But, um, but yeah, I mean, my, in my own life, uh, I guess on a sliding scale of one to ten, um, being a good person and a bad person, you know, I'm, I'm a good person, you know, and I've tried to espouse that throughout my my life. I try to raise my boys that way. I try to make, um, I try to teach them that, you know, that every decision we make affects not only you but everybody else in your life and and beyond. Um, I also try to 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 know that, you know, if I'm gonna live and breathe in this world, that I'm gonna try to make it a better place. You know, that message was was came to me very early on and i think because i was surrounded i mean frankly i was surrounded by a lot of disability when i was growing up my father was deaf mm-hmm. um my best friend down the street had kyphosis um yeah. for your audience that's you know the the medical term for um a severe hunchback mm-hmm. um and my sister was born with down syndrome mm-hmm. so there was a lot of um there was a lot of awareness there was a lot of empathy there was a lot of awareness for people that are struggling that are people that are that that start you know not necessarily at ground zero, you know, that that, that are that, that start out of the gate, that are they're 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 behind, you know, um, and through no fault of their own, they just are. And so I think very early on, um, I was just aware of that, and um, and I felt like it was my responsibility, you know, to coin the, you know, the the Spider-Man phrase with great, you know, with great power comes great responsibility, or great love comes great responsibility, or great anything, you know, and and having experienced that in my life early on. Uh, yeah, man. I mean, we, we got to lift each other up. We got to, we have to. And as an artist, as a, as a person, you know, I feel like that's my job, you know, um, which again is why I'm so proud of, of Rockley and some of the other things I have done um, artistically because, and my film, you know, it's so easy to recommend because I feel like it does that in spades, right. you know, for 82 minutes. Um, it's, it's a, it's a, it's, it's not a feel good movie in the sense that you don't cry and you're, you're going to go through these sweeping emotions. But at the end of the day, which is what a lot of filmmakers, you know, try to, you know, lead them through the process is like, how do you want your audience to feel at the end of the film? Right. Right. Um, and for me, ultimately the, the mantra was always, I want to lift people up. You know, I want them to believe in themselves. I want them to believe in love. I want them to believe in their dreams. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I want them to believe in themselves. And, uh, and so that's, you know, yeah, how I try to live my life. You know, I want to lift right. people up, you know, and I'm not always successful at doing that. And, Everyone has their, you know, bad days um, and, you know, less motivated than others, if you will. Uh, that's just kind of part of it. Um, you know, it's, it's a roller coaster ride. I, mean, I tell that to my kids all the time. I mean, if you figured out how to get on the Ferris wheel, you know, just going around, <laughs> around that works for some people, I guess. Right. And some people are very fortunate to have this very steady, you know, but really for most of us, it's a, it's a roller coaster ride and it's got peaks and valleys, highs and lows. You know, joy, pain, sunshine, rain, right? Right. You know, <laughs> that's just, that's it. So based on a question from one of my ACMG members of our Facebook group, I'm going to shout her out, Tasha Jennings, big fan of not only you, but the series as well. She wanted to know if, is there, if there is any part of Rock Lee that, re- that you resemble in, pers- <laughs> in, in personality or in physicality. <laughs> ah, that's funny, man. That's funny. Um, I guess I guess we're both kind of lean. Um, well, I saw the gun show when we were at the panel, so I mean, like, <laughs> <laughs> my favorite color is green. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I, I guess uh, I, you know, I guess because you know, Rock Lee is so expressive. I mean, I think a lot of people would say that I'm very expressive, and I do have. You know, um, a very sweeping, you know, emotional uh, library, if you will. Um, also, you know, I'd like to think that that he and I both, uh, you know, both represent hard work, you know, and grit. Um, you know, I I've been very fortunate to uh, have opportunities come my way. I've been very fortunate to have cheerleaders in my life. But you know, as I've said throughout this interview, um, you know, to to really realize your dreams and your goals, it takes a lot of grit and hard work and 
And, um, you know, and I haven't had the fast pass. I mean, I've had opportunities, but I haven't had, you know, no one's dinged me with a magic wand or giving me the fast pass or the secret door. Mm-hmm. You got to do the work, you know, and, and I really have always appreciated that um, and what Rock, you know, and that represents Rock Lee. Um, but, yeah, I'd, I'd like to think we both, you know, we both persevere. We both um, have passion. And, yeah. yeah, there are. There's quite a few similarities. Um, it's almost was, hard not I, to assimilate into it, the way he is. And if you've got to play a role of a guy like that, it's in some form or fashion, you are going to have to assimilate into that mindset somehow. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's true. And, I, and, and again, going back to how appreciative I am of Rock Lee, because, yeah, I think like which came first, the chicken or the egg? You know, <laughs> I bring more to Rockley to Rockley bring more to me, you know? Um, but yeah, the fact that I, I can align with him and, and go down this path, you know, um, in that way and identify with so much of, of what Rockley is or appreciate so yeah. much of what Rockley is, um, is, is awesome. And it also makes the job a lot easier. You know, <laughs> I, I think if I was playing a character that was, you know, really toxic or I, you know, I didn't really subscribe to, or didn't, you know, relate to in some way. Um, you know, and that's why you hear a lot of uh, a lot of actors talk about when they have to play these really, you know, Hannibal Lecter, or, you know, these really awful characters in history. Like, where where do they find that? What do they yeah. do? How do they how do they bring a humanity to that you know role? And and it's always really interesting to me those interviews because um, because they don't want to make no one is just one way. No one is just dark and you know evil. Um, right, right. You know, no one is just pure good. I mean, it doesn't work that way. I mean, we're complex. We get all these layers. And yeah, so it's interesting when you hear, you know, actors talk about, you know, how they find the humanity of a Hannibal Lecter or, a, you know, a, a, you know, just all, some of these awful characters, these mm-hmm. super villains, you know, um, the Joker, you know, it's great. I mean, you know, if you saw the Joker, mm-hmm. like uh, Joaquin Phoenix brought a, a, a remarkable humanity to that mm-hmm. and, and, a, and a layered when you, feel, when you start feeling sorry for uh, the most dangerous people in the world. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Job well yeah. done. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But anyway, thank you, Tasha, right? Thank you, yes. Tasha. Thank you very <laughs> much for the question and uh, you know, and yeah, and watching the show. Really appreciate it. Awesome. So another we're gonna flip the script real quick because another yeah. interesting thing that I discovered when uh, researching your past work was something that uh you have something in common with your co host uh or co star for that matter, Tom Gibbis. Which who voices uh, Shikamara Nara on uh, Naruto? But you both were characters in your in your case, you were a reoccurring character as Rusty on the original <laughs> 90210. What was it like to be on that show and uh, it playing that significant role? Because you were on for multiple episodes. Of yeah, that. man, it was no, it was it was it was a dream <laughs> in a lot of ways in the sense that uh, you know you you were going way back in time, and I know for a lot of your fans and your audience. Um, they're a lot younger, so they might not. They're like, well, well remember what first. I said. Remember what I said. Like the Naruto is the is Ninja Nine Hundred Two One Zero. So <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. Um, yeah, man. I mean, it's uh, found it really yeah. funny that I actually mentioned that back at the panel and didn't come to find out and discover that you were actually in the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's why I referenced you know Tori Spelling and, and right. the guy during the interview. Um, yeah, I mean, it was it was awesome. I mean, you have to. If you go back in time, you know, to the, to, to the mid to late 90s, um, which is when I did the show, mm-hmm. um, you know, t- Spelling, who is the producer of Melrose Place. Aaron Spelling, yeah. And a lot, a lot of these very iconic shows from mm-hmm. the 70s, 80s, and 90s, um, and that have had, you know, a second iteration. The guy's a legend. He's like a mythological legend at this point. <laughs> yeah. No, he really is. I mean, he was, he was, you know, he was the guy. Mm-hmm. And so 90210, for any young aspiring actor – as my, you know, as I was in the nineties, you know, and for your, your audience, I'm an old fart. Um, <laughs> and if you didn't gather that from my sister being born in 1969, right, right. <laughs> I was born in the sixties. Um, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I've been around for a while, but I was a very young actor. I came to Hollywood in 90, the ni- 1990. Mm-hmm. And then, um, but, you know, nine hundred two one zero a spelling show was the juggernaut as a young actor. If you were huge. on that show, you were, you were, that was it. That was, that was it. the hottest ticket in town. On one of his shows because if you didn't get on one of those shows, you weren't you weren't worth your saw. I mean, it was just like, man, what's wrong with you? If you can't the get ratings on a that show, the ratings that that show carried is yeah. insane. <laughs> yeah, and it wasn't you know it wasn't highbrow acting, of course. I mean, it wasn't you know, <clears throat> but you know you, you it, people questioned you if you couldn't get on one of those shows. It was like, what the <laughs> hell are you doing out there, man? You can't even get on a spelling show. 
Um, but yeah, so when I got when I scored the show, it was awesome. It was a five episode arc. Um, I was called Rusty Herring. I was the Red Herring. You know, uh, everybody thought I was stalking Tori Spelling, but it turned out to be the really nice guy, and I was right. the real. I was the jerk, of course. And um, you know, but yeah, it was it was a blast. And, and working on the show um, at that point, they had already been on the air. I think there was, was that was the sixth season, so they were a finely tuned machine, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, and and most actors will tell you that. Like, if a show has been on for five, six years. Um, it is a it is a well oiled machine, right. and so they're just plugging you in. You're like you're the guest star actor, whatever that week. They might have a guest director that week, but everybody else is like they've been there. You know right. that the forty other people on the crew, um, you know the administration staff, they've all been there. So it's this oiled machine, and they're plugging you in, and, and yeah. so that was super cool to see that and see it in action. And then of course everybody's really cool. Um, I didn't meet all the cast at that point. Mm-hmm. My scenes were with. Um, Jason Priestley and, and Tori Spelling um, at the time, but you know people were in the halls. I, I kibitzed with a few of the others, and um, but they were all super sweet. They, you know, humble, humble for the most part, um, given their their crazy stardom. Um, I mean, they were. You know, I, I don't even know what to liken it to now. You know, or compare it to, but certainly. Um, you know, they were like the Twilight kids, you know, like yeah. anybody on Twilight. Or, you I guess, know, yeah, like, I guess that's a, that's the best way you could put it, because it, yeah. I, I feel like Twilight. I didn't I never watched Twilight, but I feel like it had that same vibe that just made teens of that demographic really go crazy over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's exactly, you know, I mean, you know, maybe it, maybe it's a fair comparison. Maybe it's not. I don't know. But I mean, well, only you know, but only because they don't turn into vampires. But other than that, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and yeah. werewolves and such. Yeah, werewolves. But I mean, you know, that's super stardom, you know. Yeah. I mean, obviously, none of Twino was TV and, and Twilight series was a film series. But um, but yeah, I mean, it was it was it was massive. Um, and so, yeah, they were superstars and and. Um, but but all very humble and very sweet and, and in fact going back to my sister I brought my sister to the set and they all embraced her and, and, and loved having her on the set and, and so yeah it was really and that was nice to see too because you know um, and I and I and I and I still love Hollywood I mean I should say that and my film is as much an homage to Hollywood and how they treated Hollywood treated my sister mm-hmm. um, as it is, you know, a sibling story or a family story or pursuit of dreams. And, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm still a big fan of Hollywood. I mean, it's got its it's got its dinks and it's got its bad, you know, crap that's well documented. It's got a superficiality. <laughs> it's got its That don't take a whole nother episode, but yes. Yeah, yeah a whole nother episode. You know? It's got its divas. In volumes and chapters. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Volume 28. Um <laughs> But yeah, but you know, for the most part, Hollywood's been good to me. It was good to my sister, um, and I still really enjoy it. You know, it's uh, it's it's yeah. I mean, as I said, it's got its dark side and it's it's crazy. You know, blah blah. But um, but you know, for me personally, um, it's been it's been it's been great. You know, and it's been um, it's been uh, a really wonderful experience for the most part. Yeah. Brian, I definitely want to thank you. Uh, I got two more questions, but you've been awesome on the show. Everything that I was hoping for. Just want, uh, thank you. Well. Just want to give you a big thanks on that note. So I got two more questions, then we can plug away out of everything, all things you and where they can find you at. But since you worked both live action and you know uh, voice acting, in which I always just say acting in general, um, what do you find more challenging? Uh, was it doing live action or uh, actually uh, voice acting? Um. You know, they they both obviously. You know, obviously, the short answer is they both have the pros and cons. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, they're they're it's fun. I mean, the the only I'd say the only real challenge to anime um, is that you're working alone. You know, and so that single you, you booth. Gotta, yeah, yeah, you're in you're in a booth alone with a mic. I mean, yeah. that, that's that's it. And so there's not a lot of um, you know when you come to acting. You know, for most for the most part. You know, you come to it from, you know, you did school plays in high school or whatever, you know, but you're acting. I mean, you're with another person. Right. You're in it. You're, you, you have this action reaction because so much of acting is reaction. Right. And so when you're in anime or doing anime and you're in a booth and you got a mic and you um, got and just looking at a screen and waiting for yeah, that cue, you're looking at a screen. And so in a sense. Mm-hmm. Anime is great that way because you are reacting to the visual. Mm-hmm. And so it's helpful that way. Um 
But you know, but they, but you're also alone. At the end of the day, you're alone. You got your director, your your engineer, and 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 you know, they, you you find it together. You do it together. Um, but you are alone. Uh, but it's also really fun. Um, you know, there's it's there's a lot more liberties with the voice because it doesn't cost as much money. You know, you're only in a sound booth. You know, when you're in live production or doing a show, I mean, it, it, time is money, and so you don't have yeah. the luxury of you know messing around too much or or rehearsing too much or experimenting mm-hmm. too much. Um, there's a lot, there's just a lot of more pressure, um, yeah. for everybody involved, but certainly as an actor. Um, but what uh, is fun with live stuff, uh, or, you know, film and television is that, you know, you're typically on a set or you're, you're on location and you're working with other actors and, um, and there's a real family element to it, uh, mm-hmm. especially if you're on something for a while, um, or a film and, and you're shooting together, um, you know, and there's a real camaraderie there and it's fun. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, you know, pros and cons to both. I, I don't necessarily have a preference. Um, the, the nice part about voice is it's very efficient. Um, you're in and out, you know, yeah. like the, the part I, the, probably the, my biggest complaint about on camera stuff is a lot of time you're literally sitting in your trailer or you're sitting on set and you're just waiting. I mean, you right. know, so much of why you get hired and paid is because when they say action, you got to bring it. But you could be prior to action and bringing it. You could be sitting on your arse for, you know, three <laughs> hours getting dusty, you know, and just waiting and waiting and waiting. And then, right. you know, they're like, all right, 20 minutes. And then 20 minutes turns into two hours because they have a lighting problem or a tech problem or a location problem. And, you know, or things got pushed. And, and so, you know, yeah, I mean, that's brutal, man. I mean, yeah. you know, for, for me personally, um, uh, yeah, anyway. So in other That's, words, like the older you get, the better it's, the better it is for you to do voice acting. Yeah, <laughs> maybe, maybe so. Maybe a good maybe a good way of saying it. Yeah. That's the best way I can get to pick that. If you're born in the '60s. I highly recommend voice acting. <laughs> well said. So, yeah. final question: When it's all said and done, and you know, what do you take away from not just your time on Naruto, but just your entire experience as an actor overall? Woo! What a doozy, man! That's I had to say the best question. one for last. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, you know, uh, look, I, I had a dream when I was 23 years old. I mean, I, I had a midlife crisis. I was, I was, you know, I say that jokingly to some degree, but you know, I was, I was working a, a job, a nine to five job. Um, I wasn't fulfilled. Uh, you know, it wasn't for me personally. You know, um, and I can't speak for anyone else. You speak my story right now, but go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, we could have another episode and I could just interview you. That's our podcast in itself. Yeah, <laughs> seriously, man. I'd, I'd love to flip it. But um, yeah, man, I mean, you know, I can't speak for everyone. But for me personally, I I, I had a midlife crisis at 23 and I was just like, I had this dream. Um, I always wanted to come west. I mean, a lot of it for me was just weather, too. You know, I grew up yeah. in Buffalo, like, you know, like a Philadelphia where, you know, for five months out of the year, it's snow blowing and um and i you know that wasn't my thing and i always wanted to come west and um wait wait, yeah, wait. Did so you, did, wait. Had, you actually were lived in philadelphia or you made an example of philly no i'll make an example okay weather, weather, weather comparisons, weather comparisons. <laughs> um, no but you know what i i'm funny enough because i know philadelphia is a big you know football uh city like buffalo mm-hmm. but yeah i mean i was truth be told when i was eight years old i saw the San Diego Chargers playing, I don't know who, but it was in San Diego. It was late November. I was in three sweaters and a scarf and a hat in my home. I could see my breath. It was already like a bitter cold winter. And I'm literally watching people in shorts and a t-shirt in late November in a stadium with sunshine. I was like, oh my God, there's a better way to live. <laughs> like, I mean, really, it was like a calling at eight. You know, I was like, oh my God. Um, yeah, so anyway, some of it was weather, but yeah. I, no, I mean, I had a dream and, and to bring it all full circle. Um, you know, if you got a dream, you, you got to pursue it. You have to, man. I mean, life, life is hard enough. So you might as well, if you are going to struggle, if you are going to, um, have to persevere and find your grit, you might as well do it with something that you believe in. Now, now, mind you, not all your dreams are going to come true. They're going to change. They're going to morph. They're going to backfire. They're going to be, there's going to be frustrations and depression and all that. I mean, it comes with the territory, Mm -hmm. but if you got a dream, you got to try. And so at 23, I had this dream and I, I had to honor it. You know, I had to honor it. Um, and I remember making that phone call to my mom and say, mom, I, I gotta, I gotta go West, you know? And, um, and then having that very difficult conversation with my sister who has, I told you I was very close to. And, um, but I had to do something, you know, for myself and I had to try. And, mm-hmm. and so to answer your question, you know, and, and when I look back at my 30 year career and my 30 year pursuit and the dream and all of that, 
again, not all of my dreams have come true. Um, you know, there's been frustrations and obstacles. There's also been like remarkable reward and triumphs. And, um, but what I love about, you know, and I won't even say necessarily about my own career as an artist, what I will, what I will say is, and I think what's been most gratifying is, um, the life of an artist, you know, um, is I'm creating. And with that comes a real gratification, you know, and, and I think, you know, having the opportunity to create for 30 years, um, has been one of the greatest gifts of my life, you know, uh, and, and I feel very fortunate to be giving, um, the opportunities to, to do that. Um, some that have been handed to me because I worked hard or I auditioned or whatever, or like some of these crazy gifts, like gifts like Naruto that lasted 12 years. I'm still doing them. I just recorded one of the video games. I just, I have a session on Friday for Boruto, um, you know, so these like these gifts that keep coming. Um, yeah, it's been amazing. And, and let, let course, me let me add it because I've never mentioned this, but you also had your own spinoff. Yeah. <laughs> Rock Lee and his Ninja Pals. Right. So, I mean, like how many aside from Molly, how many others can say that they actually extended the uh, branch of that series into their own? So, yeah. I mean, there you go. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the gift that keeps on giving. Right. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and honestly, man, I mean, one of the things that I've loved and this has really been like kind of this cherry on top for me really recently um, is that because I've had so much more contact with the fans, mm-hmm. um, you know, recently, uh, it's that's been awesome. I mean, what a gift to to do something um, that creates a connection with people mm-hmm. uh, that 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 takes away all the other minutia, all the other the politics right. of life, the the whatever it is. You know, mm-hmm. the, it's the great equalizer. You know, right. when when you can when you can connect on um, you know even if it's just an anime show, but the fact that you know, that I can connect and that there's a mutual appreciation for the fans and you know from the fans for what I do, but also from the fans that that have that have expressed how much the show has meant to them or my character that have been vulnerable to me and connect in that way. Yeah. Um, you know is 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 a gift i mean it's just a remarkable remarkable gift and that's been so gratifying um recently uh you know having now connected with the fans in this way and even doing this interview with you especially doing this interview with you you know the fact that you know you and i came together and i was part of a panel and then we saw a a, a soulness you know a soulfulness you know with each other and said yeah let's pursue this relationship and this connection and now we're doing this interview and whatever not to get wacky with your your audience but no they understand it's part of the taijutsu so that's right that's the taijutsu exactly (laughs) exactly but i mean really i mean that's the ripple and that vibration i'm talking about and that's and that is the power that we all have and, and and connection is everything man i mean connection is everything when you strip it all away you know, you're going to lay on your bed, you're not going to, you know, think about the money you have or the things you accomplish at dinner. You're going to think about the people in your life. You're going to think about those moments in time. You know, they might not last throughout your life, but, mm-hmm. but, but you know, you're going to think about those moments in time that you had this, this, this true, authentic, vulnerable connection with someone yeah. um, and that time spent. And, um, and those, are, those are the gifts, man. I mean, you strip it all away. That's, that's what we're all doing here. Hopefully all doing here. Um, you know, so yeah, uh, you know, and if I can be a part of creating more of those in some small way, um, with your help, uh, and otherwise, you know, Yahoo, man. Um, yeah. So thank you, man. Thank you to you, your audience. Um, thanks for everything that you're doing. Um, and thanks really, truly for bringing humanity to, um, this world that we live in, to cons and stuff, because I think, you know, when you when I look at the fans and the few cons I've done, when I look at that humanity mm-hmm. um, at the con, and I look at this connected, you know, this connectedness, it's, um, not, it's and, like it's like nothing you've ever seen before. Nothing you've ever seen before, man. And the fact that anime and gaming has created that for so many people is 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 awesome. It's yeah. it's it's magical, man, in so many ways. Brian Donovan. Thank you so much. You've been a pleasure. It's been awesome to have you on the show. Uh, right now, I want you to let our listeners know, the viewers that are watching this. And by the way, he is the very first Talk Time Live exclusive on video. So thank you for that. There's only one first, baby. <laughs> <laughs> let our fan, let your fans know where they can find you and where they can find the actual documentary as well. Yeah, um, yeah, Dynamite. Um, well, you can reach out and find me on uh, Instagram at Brian Donovan underscore one, the number one, Brian Donovan underscore one. Um, on Insta, that's probably the, the I'd say anime wise and Rock Lee fandom, that's probably the 
the biggest one. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also find me on Facebook. I'm, I got this little baby in my arms. I think my Instagram is the same photo. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really have a dedicated anime broccoli thing going on, but you know, feel free to get a hold of me on either one of those. Mm-hmm. My documentary um, is on Amazon and Amazon Prime. It's called Kelly's Hollywood. Again, it's got five stars. It's 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 so easy to recommend. It's the it's it'll be a very rewarding 82 minutes of your life. Make some popcorn. If you got someone you love, you know, curl up. And, I'll definitely uh, get back to you and let you know what I thought about that. Yeah, please do, man. Please do. But yeah, come come to the dock. It's got Digimon's in there. Some of my <laughs> careers in there. So if you are curious about that, there is a little clip from Digimon. Um, it's got the Bee Gees. Uh, <laughs> you know, there's a lot going on. There's even some 90210 in there. Awesome. Um, but yeah, check it out on Amazon, Amazon Prime. If you do come to the dock, reach out. Let me know what you think. Um, you, Dax, but also anybody, the, the audience that gets to it. I love hearing about that. And really, truly, man, I, I, I you know, I got a busy life. But um, if you reach out to me uh, and message me on Instagram, I, I try to respond to um, to everybody. Um, so, yeah, if you if you really want to reach out and connect that way, please do. Um, and, yeah, you know, the Funko Pops are out. So uh, hit it. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, what's, what's not the love about this guy? I mean, come on. <laughs> oh, um, those Funko yeah. Pops are the best things that ever come out in years as far as fandom. <laughs> yeah, they, they really are, man. I mean, they're they're super cool. Um, yeah, but follow me on Instagram, and I I don't do a, um, a ton of stuff, but um, when I do, I try to announce it on Insta. Um, I think I I have a signing probably coming up in another month or two. Um, I'll also let people know. I'll try to let people know when I when I do lock a con. Uh, most of them have been pushed to twenty twenty one, as we all know, but. Um, and I got a few Funko Pops in my closet, so you know if the first couple want to reach out on Insta and beg me for them let me know um but yeah man i thank you guys thank you to all the fans i really can't thank you enough it's i mean i think everyone um certainly the people involved in naruto uh are, are shocked by the longevity of it um i <laughs> shocked by the the you know the 12 plus 13 plus years that it's been going on but it's all because of you guys it's all because of the fans man i mean it, we wouldn't have turned out as many if the demand wasn't there and you guys Screaming and shouted for it. You've been loyal, um, passionate, uh, Rock Lee passionate. <laughs> and uh, we really can't thank you enough. And uh, and to you, my man, thank you so much for having me on your show. It's been awesome. Definitely. Folks, I hope you enjoyed this very special historical episode of Talk Time Live as we air this on video and in audio as well. On behalf of myself, this is, uh, along with the one and only Brian Donovan, all I gotta say is learn to let go, live life, and love all things anime, comics, movies, and games. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. We are out here. Folks, take care, be safe, mascot. And there you go. I cut you off. I'll do a freshie. There we go. There you go. Folks, take care. (laughs) See you guys. See you, man. This episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit VFISAD.com and let us bring your vision to reality.